Hello, 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 and welcome to the podcast where we challenge the narrative. I'm so, 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 so excited to be here. I'm excited to be speaking and I'm excited to be sharing perspectives and different perspectives about current events, current narratives, narratives about history. If you've been following me, if you are following me on social media, especially Instagram, you will notice that I'm sharing a lot more or I have been sharing a lot more recently things about history, things about slavery, different perspectives to that. Yes, there are different perspectives to any event that happens. I'm not saying one is right, one is wrong. I'm not saying that a different perspective overlaps, let's say, the mainstream belief or opinion surrounding certain events. But just because it doesn't cancel it out doesn't mean we shouldn't hear it. We have to hear all sides to the story. And this is exactly why I'm here. So today I'm going to be continuing talking about my experience, quote unquote, being black. And today I want to talk about internal racism, you know, in terms of how black people see and treat themselves within their demographic, within their racial group, and why it's not talked about as much as when people who are not from this racial category treat us a certain way. That is always highlighted, you know, above and beyond what actually happens within the community. So before I move on and start the main topic of this podcast episode today, I like to answer some questions that have been sent to me on social media. If you've sent me a question and I've not answered it yet, please resend it to me. Sometimes messages get lost in the DMs and that's why I would always recommend to send it via email, please, which is differentvoicex at gmail.com. That's the current email address. Just because DMs are always filled with reactions to your stories and people sharing links and things like that. So my questions always get lost and it's so annoying. And even though I flag it up, I don't find it easily. So please just send it to me by email and I will be able to answer your questions here on my podcast. Now, someone, actually two people sent me a similar question. I could only find one. I couldn't find the other one. So I will read what they asked me. It's about being offended. They wrote, hi, I was chatting with my husband earlier this week about quote unquote being offended. Can a person really be offended by something not directed at them personally? Yes, they can find it offensive, of color, rude, wrong. But can they really be offended? So someone else who sent a similar question to this, I don't fully remember because I couldn't find it, but they were saying that their group of friends and one of the people that were there said something about a tribe and another friend found it offensive and said, you can't really say tribe because that offends ethnic minority groups and people of color and things like that. And it was like a a random debate. Well, why is it offensive? Or how can you determine that that's offensive? I mean, that's also saying that white demographic groups don't you know, have tribes or use the word tribes. Yeah, these were the questions. So I'm just going to briefly answer it and then I'll move on. So first of all, what does the word offense mean? When you type it in on Google, it says, you know, a breach of law or a rule, an illegal act. Okay. Another definition is an annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult to or disregard for oneself. Okay. So the key word there is oneself. So 
something directed at you, something that's personal to you, that's what usually causes the offense if it's said or done in a negative way. The Merriam-Webster definition, it says something that outrages the moral or physical senses. So if you go with that definition, then it doesn't have to be personal to you. It can be just something that breaches the moral or ethical, you know, the acceptable standards in society. I don't think you can be genuinely offended at something that's directed at someone else unless it somehow relates to you or unless you can somehow relate to it. But if just this thought of, well, I'm offended, for example, I'm offended that they use the word tribe, you can only be offended if somehow you had a bad experience or you can relate somehow. You just can't be offended on behalf of someone else. It doesn't make sense. I read a good article that I feel clarifies this a bit further. So I'll just read a little bit of it. It's by a writer called Brian Boyd for the Irish Times. It's entitled The Narcissism of Taking Offense by Proxy. You're offended by something that wasn't necessarily for you. You're offended on behalf of someone else. So that's taking offense by proxy. So he was explaining of a situation that happened during a a concert, a Madonna concert in Brisbane. And she got a a teenager, she got a a 17 year old, I believe, on stage. She got her up and then she pulled her, her top down and her left breast literally was flashed to the world. So yeah, Madonna's crazy like that. And, you know, it's not shocking in terms of this is who she is. And this is, she's just sexually open. You know, she doesn't really care. Her concerts are usually like that. When I say usually, I don't mean, you know, random people flashing the world, but it's not, I didn't hear of that. And then I thought, oh my gosh, you know, but some people did. A lot of people were outraged and (laughs) a lot of people were offended. But the funny thing is, now, hold on, a lot of people were offended on behalf of this girl who, whose top was pulled by Madonna. But ironically, when this girl was actually asked about how she felt, was she embarrassed and things like that, and the world watching what happened, she literally just said, well, only I get to decide if I'm embarrassed. Only I get to decide if I'm offended, if I'm humiliated. Now, this reply actually caused more offense in the quote-unquote offense community. Those who are always at the ready to see what they can be offended by and show and spill their outrage to the world, right? The fact that this girl wasn't offended, offended them more. And that's what usually happens oftentimes. If you are truly offended on behalf of someone else, and then you actually have the opportunity to ask that person, look, how was this offensive to you? And they say, actually, I wasn't offended. And you continue to be offended, then it's nothing to do with the other person anymore. It's to do with you. It's something you have an insecurity about. It's something that you have an issue with personally, you know, and that's why I don't believe that you can be genuinely offended on behalf of someone else. I read something somewhere as well, where apparently in a call center, the employees, they were banned from saying During Christmas time, they were banned from saying Merry Christmas at the end of the phone calls because apparently this would offend non-Christians. And apparently there were some Muslim people and people from other religions saying that's actually really stupid. I don't actually care. I don't mind saying it. Like, for example, I myself, I'm Christian, but I have many friends that were from the Muslim community. And during the Eid and Ramadan festivals, I share in in their greetings. Like many people 
seem to forget that there are so many people in this world who are adults, who are mature, who are able to react or not react to things in a certain way. And this whole thing of, well, this is actually the social norm. This social norm has been breached. Therefore, the groups that have been affected by this should be offended. But not everyone is the same and not everyone sees things exactly the same as it's been prescribed for us to see. The academic Frederick Desbois, I hope I said his name right, but he said, the economy of offense is revealed to be just another expression of our ego. You know, we need to remember that we are not the cosmos, that the world is full of other people making their own adult decisions. And it is a complete expression of one's ego. You know, especially in those situations where people feel the need to feel offended on behalf of someone else who isn't offended, you know, and even when the comment or the action is actually so innocent and people nowadays especially seem to seek out offense in everything. It's literally a way for many people to feel self-important and relevant, you know, and just to clarify, you can find statements or actions offensive, but to be personally offended is something else. And to be personally offended on behalf of someone else is something else. For example, I can find, let's say, a racial slur directed at, let's say, Asian people to be offensive. It's offensive to Asian people, but I am not going to be offended on their behalf. So these are just my thoughts. You can also share your opinion. What do you think? Do you think that you can be offended generally on behalf of someone else? I'd love to hear from you. So send me your responses on Instagram, on email. I'd love to hear them. Okay, so in the last episode, I was speaking about, you know, my experience about being black, my experience in being black. I talked a bit about my school life and I started to talk about my experience with a young black boy called Jonah. Now, of course, this isn't his real name, so I'm using it for all the obvious reasons. And he used to call me and my brothers racial slurs and basically bully us. So I want to get back to the story. The main thing that confused me with the whole situation, it wasn't the fact that he would use racial slurs against me, but it was the fact that he would use these racial slurs when there were non-black people around him. He actually didn't have many black friends in school. So he would hang around with like South Asian people, mostly South Asian. So he would make these racial slurs against me. Not that it made it better or worse who he hung around with. I just found it odd that he would make fun of my skin color in the presence of non-black people. And I would always see in their faces how uncomfortable they were because they would see that he was making fun of my black skin whilst also being black himself. Now, just for some background context, just I'll briefly explain the ethnic demographic in my secondary school. So when I first started, it was pretty much equally mixed. It was a very diverse school when I first started. And there were white students, black students, mixed race and South Asian. Then there seemed to be a demographic shift because the ethnic makeup just completely changed. So the majority became South Asian. So people from Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, and so on and so forth. Approximately 80% of students were from South Asia. Then you had mixed race, white and black that made up the minority in that specific school. So I will tell you what I observed. I observed that many students that were South Asian, they would regularly insult each other, especially when it came to skin color. You know, they would call each other racial slurs in a jovial way, in a similar way that many black people would call each other like, what's up my... N word, let me not say it before people get offended, right? <laughs> they would call each other like 
P-A-K-I, you know, just joking around, messing about, whatever. These words were so common. They were always flying around, especially within their own friendship groups. So I thought that perhaps Jonah, I thought he was trying to do the same thing with me when he was calling me racial slurs. But I soon realized that this wasn't the case. And he wasn't joking. He wasn't playing. Like when he would call myself and my brothers Blick or African, he was dead serious. And I knew this because number one, I'm not stupid. And number two, you know, he would start to be physical with us. He would push us in the school halls, you know, he would trip us up. You know, if we're walking along to our next session, as soon as he sees us, there goes the Blick African ones and so on and so forth. You know, things that you watch, I used to watch in movies, like all these kids literally like being shoved in the lockers and things like that. We didn't have lockers, but it was, it was happening to us. It was happening to me. Never got bullied in Nigeria. In my first year of being in this country or my second, I was being bullied and I was being bullied because of my skin color. So to say that this experience was horrible, perplexing, humiliating, it's a complete understatement. It was so embarrassing. Like I said, I was around 11 years old when I started secondary school in this country. I came to the UK at 10. So I was only in the UK for around a year, a year and a bit. So this was my first experience with what I would call overt racism, which is weird because I don't even know if I can call it racism because we had the same skin color. They say that black people can't be racist and many would actually term what I experienced as colorism. But I'm saying whatever you want to call it, it's diminishing, it's demeaning, it's horrible. We were in essence, the essence of it was because of our skin color, we were being treated negatively. And ironically, we weren't being bullied by people that society or black people constantly warn us about. We were bullied by people that looked like us. How confusing was it? He literally found any and every occasion to humiliate us. If we would see him alone, he would still make the comments, but it wasn't so mean. He was always worse when he was with other people, as is the case with bullies in general. When you find them alone, they're quiet. But when they're with their friends, you know, they have that support, if I can say support, then they're worse. And like I said, his friends were usually people that weren't black. And yet his behavior was still aggressive. He didn't even limit it to when we were in school. Annoyingly, he, unfortunately, he lived near my best friend. They were practically neighbors. So I would always dread going over to her house, like anything for her to come to my house. I was always trying to push it. It's just that my house at that time was quite boring and hers was the cool house. You know, they had the games and her family, I thought, were cool. You know, everyone always thinks the other family's cooler than theirs. So we would always go over to her house. But I used to dread it. I would dread it because I knew that there was always some chance that I would encounter him. Most time we didn't because he was always in trouble. So he was never at home. But the times that we would, it was just as unpleasant as when we were in school. I remember that there was a time that he wasn't satisfied with name calling or pushing us. And he actually found rocks and started hurling them at us when we were leaving my friend's house. You know, some of the rocks that landed near my feet weren't small. None hit us, thankfully, but these were not small rocks. And when I got home, I cried. I cried because I literally had not done one single thing to this boy. Yet here I was being taunted, being bullied on account of my skin color. Was he racist? Well, technically not. So what was his problem? Was he just insecure about his own skin color and felt the need to try and make me insecure about mine? 
I don't know. We were African. Was this it? I don't know. We were serious about our studies. He wasn't. He was always in trouble. Was this the issue? I don't know. But this left a mark on me. And it always comes to my mind when black people cry about racism today to me because they know the work I do. And they always say, well, it's because of racism. That's why many black people feel insecure and many black people don't want to move forward. And I get it, but it doesn't make sense to me because black people can be so derogatory to each other. And this plays a part to the overall identity of a black person. If it's not policing how we think, you know, or making fun of our features, it's gatekeeping our actions. It's like when I dealt with Jonah, none of his South Asian friends called me a racial slur until he did so openly and so brazenly. So isn't that a clue that perhaps other races will take us more seriously when we also take each other seriously and respect each other? Respect isn't handed out freely. External respect, if I can speak in these terms, can't be gained if there is none within. I'm not talking about jokes or playful banter. I understand all these. I'm talking about serious remarks that are made by black people to other black people. So you're probably wondering, what's the point of all these stories? My main point is, many times I'm told about external racism causing insecurities and inner struggle with black people and their sense of self and sense of belonging. I can agree. I can. However, what is more damaging is when these insecurities are incited and enhanced by people from the same race as you. As I mentioned earlier, I received racist remarks from white people, Asian people, but nothing stuck with me more than the quote unquote racist remarks I received from black people and negative experiences I encountered with them that related to my skin color. It wasn't related to other random things. It was literally my skin color, you know, so it stings. It stings when it comes from within. Should anyway. And what baffles me is that this happens more often than not. I've been talking for a year and the amount of black people that have come to me and said, why are we talking about white people when when there's a lot of things within the black demographic, the black culture, the black community that we need to talk about within ourselves? You know, this inner competition, conflict that just bubbles underneath the surface, constant attacks, either in a subtle way or blatant way. But it needs to be talked about. Because it contributes to the stagnation that many black people face during their entire lifetime. The stagnation, in my view, is caused because of a lack of certainty of self, lack of understanding of their place in society. On the one hand, we hear that it's this society, it's the white people that don't favor us, that don't favor our features. But on the other hand, you have the same black people attacking some of those same features. Where do we stand? Where do we stand? Personally, I am more interested in the human race. There's too much division. I speak in racial terms because that's what's happening in society today. And I want to really give an authentic account of things that I faced growing up in this country, things that I experienced. But though we speak in these terms, We have to understand that we are one race, the human race. We all bleed red. And all these divisions and constructions in society is just trying to make us distracted from this truth. So whether you're listening to this and you're white, you're black, you are in this class group, you're in this other class group and so on and so forth, your uniqueness is found in the human in you. 
and no one can take away the human in you. Life is cruel itself. Life is. Humans contribute to the cruelty by their stupid actions and, you know, stupid philosophies and theories and so on. And that's why we have to strive to make life worth living for ourselves. You know, it's so difficult to escape from this reality that has been oftentimes created for us. But it's not impossible if we actually just sit down and just think and try to connect with people on a human level. When you connect with people on a human level, it doesn't matter about the color of their skin. It doesn't matter about what the statistics say. It doesn't matter about social groupings and theories. You know, when you encounter someone at work, you're not looking for power dynamics or and how they are contributing to a system or not contributing to a system. And this is what I really hope we can all get back to. I hope you gained a different perspective from this podcast episode. I'll see you on the next one. In the next one, I'm going to be talking about groupthink and the collective community. So I hope you tune into that one as well. Don't forget you are able to support this work on Patreon. Um, You will get a lovely thank you card from me and other cool benefits as well. Just go over there and have a look. Patreon.com slash Ada Akpala. I'm so thankful and I'm extremely grateful that you were able to spend this time with me. If you want to share any thoughts, any experiences, please do so. I would love to hear from you. So take it easy, stay safe and stay sane. Take care.